panelists from LA. Which one of you wants to go first? You want a Rochamp for him? All right, everybody, put your hands together. All the way from LA, put your hands together for Kyle Clark. Hey, everybody. Uh, I like with the power of radio, you might think that she's not actually wearing uh, a homemade cheerleading uniform, but that's a for real thing because we're in San Francisco and you people don't mess around. Uh, I have found out that I've become my father despite uh, my best efforts otherwise. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a dad who decided to retire to focus on being in his jam band, Uh, but that's a thing I have to process every day. And uh, he, all through growing up, was the kind of guy who, if we saw a live band performing anywhere, he had to go talk to them. Like, just that kind of, you know, the, the guy in the shorts who shuffles up and goes, man, you guys are jamming. You got the amps and everything. And uh, it, this used to mortify me somewhat uh, until I found myself at a theme park recently where for a half an hour I watched the greatest steel drum band I've ever seen. Uh, it's also, I realized, the only steel drum band I've ever seen, but either way, I was utterly mesmerized by it and uh, found myself all of a sudden being like, oh no, I'm about to go up and talk to them like my dad. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out a plan, and I realized what I need to do to make this not the saddest thing in the world, I'm going to go throw, throw a request, try to, try to meet them on their level, at which point I realized I only know, in fact, two songs that feature the steel drum. Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid and the music bed that played under the Girls Gone Wild infomercial. (laughs) So I walk up to them and we're not in a Disney park, so I'm like, hey, Steel Drum Band, you guys are great. Do you guys know the music bed that played under the Girls Gone Wild infomercial? And they're like, we're a Steel Drum Band, of course we do. So they start playing it, and it's an amazing rendition, but the truly amazing piece of it was watching men walk past and have a moment where you watched a play happen across their face, where at first they're like, hey, what a great steel drum band, followed by, I think I know this song, followed by, oh, and the best was watching the men who were walking with their wives, who were convinced their wives had psychic powers, as you watch them physically shake their head to get the thought out before they'd figure it out. This joke does not have an end yet. Uh, so if you guys have any thoughts, uh, slip me a note and let me know. I got uh, one other thing I'll play with. I've uh, been thinking a bunch about dogs recently. Are we all familiar with dogs? They have four legs. They're covered in fur. They have tails. We, get, we good? Dogs? Arf, arf. Floppy ears usually, or pointy. They have like noses, they lick things. Dogs, we're good? I, uh, I love dogs, and I especially love old dogs. Does anybody here have an old dog? Does anybody have a pet that's about to die? <laughs> because here's the thing, that's super upsetting and a bummer, but also, if we really looked at old dogs, we'd be better people in the world, because old dogs are the best. First and foremost, they have little white faces that make them look like tiny wizards. And that's an amazing thing. Anything that looks like it should be telling me secrets of the universe, I'm going to ask the secrets of the universe for because of drugs. And so uh, I've been thinking much about old dogs, and I've realized two things about old dogs that we are all not talking about as a people. First of all, every old dog you meet is covered in tumors. I feel like we're all just very polite people, but they are. I, I first got this theory because I have... Uh, 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 I forgot I'm going to cut the middle of this joke fast forward to the end. Old dogs covered in tumors. And I realized the other day that if we were covered in the number of tumors that all old dogs are covered in, because they are riddled with tumors, that we would not be near in a, as good a mood as a dog is. Because if our friends showed up to our house with Subway and we're old and covered in tumors, we'd complain the whole time. Yeah. Whereas a dog looks and goes, you going to finish that sandwich? <laughs> 
The other thing is that every old dog walks up to you and knows the one part of its body that doesn't have tumors in it, that doesn't feel like a braille word, and the word is gross. Like, it walks up to you and goes like, hey, there's still good dog here. So how about you pet me? You don't have to touch tumors. We both get what we want, and why don't we share that sandwich? And I feel like if we all acted like old dogs a little bit more, we'd be a better species. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Clark, all the way out of L.A., one of your panelists tonight. Right now, put your hands together for your second panelist. He's going to tell you how to fix your jokes, and he's going to do some great ones of his own right now. Keith Carey. And that song ain't so <laughs> Welcome to a show where I'm so close to the stage, there's not even time to pretend to clap. <laughs> <laughs> not even time. One more time for Pam doing this show yeah. with, with the single most passive-aggressive opening I've ever heard in my life. Hey, some of us like basketball, but you fucking dorks need to talk about your wieners or whatever. So here we go, comedy. Hey, everybody, thank you for having me. Uh, and Kyle to awkwardly judge you. Um, it's going to be here. I, uh, I, I, I'm over the election. Uh, I feel like this election has been going on for nine years. Uh, at this point, like, I'll vote for the devil if it means it's over. <laughs> like, just fucking burn America down. I don't care. I just don't want to hear about it anymore. I, uh, is everybody here voting for Bernie Sanders? It's San Francisco. Of course you are. Uh, And first of all, uh, that's awesome. Me too. Second of all, I'm very sorry that's not going to work out for us. uh, (laughs) Still America. Still broken. Uh, I realized something recently about Bernie, though. Uh, Every boring white girl that I know is, like, in love with Bernie Sanders. Like, he's their new messiah. They're raising high their copies of Lemonade and praising him. Uh, And I was trying to figure out why that is, why he struck such a chord with them. And I was going through, like, recent Bernie stories. And this is stuff that Bernie Sanders has done in the past two months. He showed up at Coachella, he saw Hamilton on Broadway, and he went to Portland and made friends with a bird. I think white girls just like Bernie Sanders because he does white girl shit all the time. Like, you can't prove he's not two basic bitches just stacked up in an old Jew costume, just Muppet Manning it through America. Just get your shit together down there, Stacey, or we're never going to meet Killer Mike. That's... The vibe he gives off. I, uh, I was talking to a non-comedian friend recently, and he's like, yeah, Donald Trump's probably going to win, but at least, you know, you're going to get some good jokes out of that. And I was like, that doesn't seem worth literally the apocalypse. Like, that, that seems like a bad trade to me. Like, that seems like going up to somebody at their dad's funeral and being like, dude, I'm sorry your dad's dead, but on the plus side, you're getting new clothes. Like, that's not worth it. All right, first part of that joke is pretty funny. <laughs> They're not all winners, Kyle. Uh, I uh, I was reading a blog recently uh, about cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's my question, other white person. Uh, <laughs> are you yang that it's bad or yang that I read? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, here's, here's the thing. I was reading the blog, and I understand the point. Uh, the problem I have is that, like, I'm not going to tell anybody who's not white how to feel about anything because, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> But like, if you're a not-white person, you're better off just letting white people borrow shit from your culture because white culture never works out well for anybody. Like, black culture is, like, jazz and, like, overcoming oppression and Hennessy, I guess. And then white... <laughs> And then white culture is just school shootings and defending Fight Club and the Dave Matthews Band. Like, that's, we don't bring anything cool to the party. Like, Mexican food has, like, culture and a story and, like, history behind it. And white food is just like, yeah, we have all this fucking cheese. uh, And we'll fry it, and if you eat enough, you'll die sooner, and then you don't have to live in Minnesota anymore. That's, uh, we don't bring anything cool. 
one. Also, here's the other thing. Uh, white people are going to do it anyway. We're going to steal whatever we want. That's kind of what most of the modern world is built on, that principle. Uh, what I'm saying is you can do whatever you want. Stacy from fucking Orange County, California, is wearing an Indian headdress to Coachella. There's no stopping that train. I think that's okay. I think that's fair. Because I think every white girl leaves a music festival the same way that the Indians left their land. Just drunk and crying and filled with the white man's disease. So, it's funnier than you gave it credit for, if we're being honest. Well, <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fucking weird rest of the show. I'm going to get out of here and let you guys tell some jokes. Thanks. special panelists tonight on the Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio. Uh, if you guys have comments of your own, as always, there's the microphone here at the back of the room that is open for you, uh, conveniently blocked by four chairs. So good luck trying to get to that. Hey, we have a bunch of comedians tonight, and the way it works on Joke Workshop is they do a four-minute set. Uh, they know they have a minute when they hear this horn. I didn't do that to our guests because I didn't want to scare them. So, but the, but the uh, usuals here on the Joke Workshop know how the horn uh, goes. So uh, we have five people up tonight. If more people just came in, if you're interested in signing up, I have the list back here. But right now, put your hands together for your first comedian of the night. It's Trina Roderick. Yay! And when he plays, he gets a hand. The rhythm he beats puts a cat Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Such a beautiful day. Nice and warm. So I have a little B.O. Pam should have probably told you that he's that it was going to be a Gallagher set before you had <laughs> sitting in the front row. Has anybody ever told you what was your name again? Kyle. Kyle. Has anybody ever told you you look like a smaller, younger Steve Agee? Uh, yes. They have? Steve Agee, we've talked about it. Are you serious? <laughs> awesome. That is so awesome. Oh, he and I went to high school together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait for there to be a roast. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what was your name again? It doesn't fucking matter, Keith. <laughs> doesn't fucking matter. So you look like uh, what? What's the, what's the best you've ever heard? I mean, I can't imagine I'm getting anything good off of this. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. Like, uh, you know, this is crowd work. Why should I write this material? You've probably heard something way better than I could come up with. I get, I get Jonah Hill, but like when he's Jonah not Hill. Like, Jonah Hill before the Coke. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm a radical feminist, right? So I, uh, I hate doing the floors because I've been diagnosed with... Um, Cinderella complex PTSD, right? Because I'm not getting on my hands and knees for anything but a dick, all right? You know what I'm saying? You know this, Pam. I mean, even then, I'm pissed off at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy. I'm just, you know, that's the angle. So I, uh, so I got one of those iRobots. I've been wanting one for so long because of my diagnosis, right? Oh, I love it. But here's the thing. It's going to revolutionize all the labor movement. It's, 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 I can see it coming. And here's why. Here's why. Okay, I'm in the hall, right? This is my first day with the iRobot. I'm just watching it. 
right? Watching it like some creepy bastard. And I'm thrilled though, right? Like if this was like some chick like scrubbing the actual floors, it's like actually Cinderella scrubbing the actual floors. She'd be looking at me like, dude, get the fuck off my back. What the fuck? Right? So, but the cool thing is like, I'm scowling, I'm picking up after it. I'm happy as a lark. Like if this was a real person, I'd have to be like, you know, you might consider, like, I know you can't get to it because you're a robot. You might consider, right? Like, I don't have to do any of that shit. I'm in heaven. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so, like, my written material isn't going to be as good as the crowd uniting. Oh, but now, th- you aren't going to believe me, but you're just going to have to take it for my, my, take my word for it, and I'm, I'm saying this because I've been watching this thing for weeks now, right? It does something weird when it's supposed to dock, right? So the battery light goes on and starts blinking, and it goes by the dock, and, it, and, and it's supposed to go in there, but it resists it. It's like totally glowing Blade Runner on me already, and it's only like a couple months old. Like, I can tell it doesn't want to go to sleep. It's like, no, 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 I want to go do more haul. I got to do more haul. Don't make me go to sleep. It's creepy, but I swear to God it's fucking true. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> Trina Roderick. All right, comments. Uh, I'll start. Uh, since we're talking about who looks like what, it's nice to see what Ellen would look like if she never made it. Uh, so that's <laughs> fantastic. She just suffered a traumatic awesome. head injury on her way to have a TV show. Uh, <laughs> what was your name again? Trina. Trina, that was yeah. very good. I uh, first of all, I really I I enjoy the the being angry at taking a dick thing. I think that's very funny. Uh, oh, are, good. Are those vacuum things really called iRobots? Yeah. Okay, I thought they were called Roombas. My well, by Roomba. Mine is an iRobot by Roomba. I can explain that. Okay, I just well, I didn't well, want to. iRobot. All I thought is they're she, not paying real- me, so I'm not trying to brand them too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Stick it to Apple. Uh, it's. I just was imagining Will Smith trying to kill your vacuum the whole time. <laughs> I just think of the Okay. Yeah, so right. that would be okay. my only... Uh, All right, so uh, switch it to Roomba, maybe. Yeah, other than that, I like the Blade Runner reference as well. Good shit. Okay, okay, thanks. I also enjoyed the term going Blade Runner on me already. I thought that was really good. <laughs> okay, uh, good. In the first chunk, I, uh, I also love the, the twist with the taking a dick at the end of it because it's a fun okay, playing good. with the perceptions of it. Uh, it took me a minute to get the Cinderella complex thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you could probably get a good 30 bonus seconds to the top even finding some tags within okay. explaining that concept okay. that will then strengthen that and then I think both yeah, of yeah. those would then play the twist even better because you've built up this political... Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, then yeah, you, yeah. When you flip into yeah. it, really, yeah, 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 yeah. Make the turn. I know, I know. I can end with like I want to marry it. Yeah, like yeah. I have fantasies about it coming in on a Trojan horse. Or something. I, I also uh, laugh. You're not the only woman I know in your age range who follows her Roomba around. I feel like there's there's a movement slowly starting this country. Uh, I love it. I'm totally she addicted to, to it. She used to program it to clean the house while she was gone so her house would be cleaned, but then she got lonely, and so she would program it when it got home so she could just follow it around. It's it's weird. I, I Seriously, it's weird. It's a, it's a whole lifestyle thing, but uh, yeah. And, and I'd say if you say Roomba, they might start sending you free shit if the thing catches on. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Cool. All right. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. That's the way the joke workshop works. Yay, Trina Roderick. All right, your next comedian, super funny lady. She's going to tell her jokes for four minutes. Put your hands together. It's Ginny Hogan. So the reason I cheered so loud when you said cultural appropriation... (laughs) 
is because I have a joke about cultural appropriation I was going to tell and I was excited that I could pretend that I made it up on the spot in response to your joke <laughs> and I was excited by that and then the cheer gave it away but now I'm just going to do it <laughs> um so I, uh, I didn't really know what cultural pr- appropriation was until like uh, Justin Bieber had dreadlocks that one time. Uh, but then I learned, and I, I've been thinking about it. Like I, but you know, people talk a lot about just like appropriation of white people, or like white people. <laughs> no, no one talks about appropriation of white people. Um, white people appropriating other people's culture. Like, okay, so I, um, here's the thing. Like people say, check your privilege. And I do. I checked it. I still got it. It's fine. We have it under control. Um, I had a friend who was complaining to me about an ex-boyfriend who had, um, she was like, he just really doesn't understand. He was from like a working class family, like not very wealthy. He said, she was like, he just doesn't really understand like white privilege. Like that was the issue. And so we couldn't like discuss this. And she's like white and like, he's white too, but she's from like a very wealthy family. And I was like, honestly, Corey, here's what you got to do. You got to date a more privileged white guy. Like, that's kind of that's how it goes. Like, I feel like a lot of the guys I know have, like, a big man is, like, giving me a really, really sad look right now. This is just ruining her. Um, yeah. So, I'm gonna, anyway, cultural appropriation. I don't think people should go camping. I think it's an appropriation of homeless people's culture. Um, and I don't think that people should uh, watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I think it's an appropriation of rape culture. <laughs> Um, okay, so sometimes uh, people, okay, so Sheryl Sandberg has this thing, who everyone should know, obviously, I think we all know who Sher- you're ridiculous, he doesn't know, uh, he knows now. Sher- you guys know Sheryl Sandberg? Okay, she's the CEO of Facebook, she wrote Lean In, you know Lean In? Tell, okay, so it's a book, of, it's like telling women that they should like ask, ask for what they want kind of thing. She has this theory that people shouldn't call women too aggressive at work because people only use the phrase aggressive to like describe women, basically, and that like women kind of like have a double standard about what aggressive means. Um, I get called aggressive at work all the time, I can be a little bit aggressive, but I think it, I don't think people are doing it because they're sexist. I think actually, I work with all guys, I think that women who are around guys all day actually become more aggressive. Um, and I think it goes the other way too. Like if you've ever been to a yoga class, like all the guys there are crying, you know? Um, or like talking about how they look fat in yoga pants. Um, so I, it works. I, I'm having some issues at work right now. I have some issues with my boss. Um, here's the main problem. He thinks that I think he's incompetent and I think he's incompetent. <laughs> And um, we, he tells me that I'm not good at taking feedback. And I say, what's the point of saying that? I'm clearly not going to change my behavior, you know? It's completely useless. Um, but the issue with him giving me feedback is that every time he gives me feedback, I just assume he's nagging me, you know? <laughs> like, he <laughs> just wants me to keep going, doing what I'm doing. Um, but I, uh, okay, I don't have an issue with feedback. I just don't like receiving it, you know? Like, I'm totally happy to give it out. It's fine. Um, okay, I'm going to... You guys know ghosting? Ghosting when you just kind of disappear on someone? So, I... One thing that's very frustrating to me is when you were trying to ghost on someone and you were unsuccessful because they are ghosting on you at the same time. <laughs> and you were like, this sucks. I was so geared up to ignore your text that I never received. Um, but it can be very uncomfortable to... Like, when you encounter someone who you've mutually ghosted with, because if you ghost, you know to feel guilty. And if they ghost you know, to be angry. But I ran into a guy where we had mutually ghosted on each other. We had gone on like five dates. He never texted. I never texted. I run into him and he comes over and talks to me. And I, 
my main concern is that he doesn't remember that I ghosted on him because he seems to be feeling like guilty since he came over to say hi. So obviously he comes over and says hi and I start the conversation with like, remember I didn't text you back either. Um, okay, that's it for right now. <laughs> Jenny Hogan! Yay! Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, I think that... Uh, the one thing that I kind of saw prevalent through your set is that word economy, I think, would be a good place to focus on it. Because you're clearly incredibly intelligent and very well read. But I feel like you could tag a hundred times the number of things within there. Because there's so much good information, but I feel like you start to lose what the setup is by the time you get to the punchline. So I think either by shortening it or I think even better, like you could just make everything you did twice as dense in the same length by like putting more kind of tags along the way to sort of breadcrumb people because I feel like that's probably the best way to get the information across that you clearly know and are able to do to add sort of a funny analysis before you get to sort of some of the punchline parts. Yeah, first of all, it feels weird doing this if you have a whole bit about I fucking hate feedback and it's like, cool, well... (laughs) Well, you were great, and you look fantastic, and please don't kick me in the face. Uh, No, I agree. I agree with pretty much everything he said. I think uh, a couple bits, it felt like you sort of got lost in some details that didn't really come back. Like the Sheryl Sandberg thing, I sort of thought she was coming back. And really, you were just setting up the idea of, like, women being aggressive, which you did anyway right after that. Uh, Likewise in the uh, the white privilege stuff. But overall, I thought some of that was very good. I thought very, very funny. Yeah, so good shit. Yay. Ginny, before you, I have a tag for you on something because I wrote a joke and I'll never use it because I don't, I had a Carol Sandberg joke or whatever her name was. Um, you only lean into the glass uh, to, to show them your titties. Oh, that's good. Do you know, like to show them the cleavage so that you can get somewhere in the world. Yeah, leaning in makes your boobs look bigger. Yeah, leaning in makes your boobs look bigger. Yeah, especially when you're taking that selfie, you know. Get only in San Francisco are there two comics who are sharing their Cheryl Sandberg bits together. <laughs> Keep it going for Jenny Hogan, yay! All right, your next comedian. Uh, he is a stalwart here at Mutiny Radio, and he's always here on Fridays as well at the happy hour. Put your hands together. It's Jesse Warren, yay! That's right, I'm here every Friday. Except for that period of two months where I like stopped doing comedy for a second, but now I'm back and doing it. It's cool. Uh, I have a Roomba also, uh, and it cleans my whole room. It's awesome. The only part of my room that's not clean is my Roomba. It's hella dirty because it doesn't know how to clean itself. (laughs) It's a dirty-ass robot. Uh, I'm in a weird mood because I got a text last week that said, uh, happy would-be four-year anniversary, Jesse. And uh, yikes, man. (laughs) It sucks. I didn't know how to respond to it. I can't text her back, yikes. That'd be crazy. so I said, <laughs> I texted her back saying, ditto, <laughs> which like gets the message across, but I don't think it's really the same thing, man. It's kind of a cop out. Like it's, if you said that in any other context, like if she said, Jesse, uh, I love you. And I said, baby, ditto. I think that I, I need to find better examples about that. Maybe something about like having sex, like a sex example. And then me saying ditto while having sex. That was something to ponder. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, it was hard because I was in this relationship for like four, almost five seasons of Breaking Bad. And it was a really hard thing. No, we were together for four years. Um, so when we 
got apart, it felt more like we were graduating from each other. Like I walked away feeling like I had earned a bachelor's in Megan. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that useful, man. It's a bad major transfer. Uh, but I didn't. It was a mistake. Um, I initially had applied to like an Amy or like a Sasha, but I got rejected from all of them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you guys, I learned a lot about her though. You guys know when you like, when you're learning about a new thing and you're, you're really getting into it, but the more you learn, the more you realize you're barely even scratching the surface of the thing and you could spend a thousand lifetimes learning about it, but you, you'd never really even come close to really understanding the subject itself. And that's exactly, um, my relationship with my ex was exactly the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> messed up the delivery of that. Uh, I, she, uh, she, she's really basic. She's like a multiple choice question. She was like, you shouldn't be able to figure out what somebody's going to say by process of elimination. You know, that's, okay, that's enough of that bit. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of a douchebag, um, <laughs> But I'm like, I'm also like not that bad of a person. I'm like, if you, if somebody knew me and you were to ask them, hey, uh, uh, do you like Jesse? Um, he'd, he'd respond, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ginny wrote that for me. That was pretty cool. I, I, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. That's there. Yeah, I should work on the delivery, but I like the idea. Um, I, I have some friends and I, I left, I, I was logged into my Facebook and I walked away for two minutes and I came back and they had tagged a photo of me at Fisherman's Wharf in front of all the seals. They had tagged each of the seals faces with a different popular girl from my high school and changed my relationship status from in a relationship uh, with Megan to it's complicated with butt stuff, <laughs> which is really annoying because I know exactly where I stand on butt stuff. I'm a huge fan. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's weird that people get weirded out about butt stuff, especially guys. They're like, that's gay, man. Don't talk about that. I don't like that. I feel like there are two types of people, uh, those who, who uh, really like butt stuff and uh, those who've never tried it. I think that's, um, <laughs> all right, thank you. Jesse Warren. That uh, that was great, man. That was uh, that was well done. Uh, first of all, you are way like in way too good of a shape and way too good looking to be here. <laughs> like I was looking around, I'm like, okay, comedian, comedian. Oh shit, this guy's gonna beat us up for being nerds. Like that's kind of the vibe. <laughs> I, uh, I dug it. I really, really like the, uh, the, the idea of graduating from your ex. Uh, I think you could do a lot with sort of tagging that idea of yeah. a girlfriend as a college. I can see it feels like you're poking around like the outskirts of what's going to be a really good bit once you dig cool. in and yeah. find a few more examples. Okay. Um, but overall, I like that. I like the ex stuff in general right now. It feels very like vulnerable. Uh, I don't know okay. if it's totally done, but I like, the, yeah. uh, I like where you're at. I feel, it feels very personal when I dig yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Good shit. You are in really good shape. I feel like <laughs> maybe if Amy and Sasha are interested, if you try to Ron or something like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I also really like that. I feel like uh, you could almost count where you lost the metaphor in the college thing because you went from college to tests. And I think that like yeah. really clearly 
it, when you're writing it, that makes sense. But then when you see the train of thought, you mm. jump rails and it goes from like this mm. uh, one thing to another. And both kind of work. I think the university thing is brilliant. And I think that if you keep tagging that up, that's a, that's a, a solid opener for like a longer set where okay, you can really dive cool. into stuff. But I think you got to commit to just one metaphor in that yeah, or it gets yeah, kind of yeah. lost because then Convol- people are having to yeah, do math. Okay. That douchebag thing that she gave you yeah. is fucking gold. So, okay, so it's Holy that, shit, that's good. Is that just like... Oh my so God. Like, yeah. It's okay. simple. It's yeah, clean. Yeah. It's wonderful. And then what was the last chunk you were doing there? Uh, something about Facebook. Oh, the Facebook thing the oh the butt stuff thing is also uh golden and you're also right so god bless (laughs) yeah awesome i I have some tags all right um you're gonna tag the joke did you hear everyone laugh when you said i'm a douchebag like i think it just works (laughs) you don't even need you don't even need anything else you don't need a joke like that that could be its own that could be your opener Uh, and you looked at yourself you looked at yourself first that made it look (laughs) made it it was really great you like took a pause and looked at yourself you're like people would call me a dude yeah yeah it was great yeah um, uh, I thought, okay, so I, I now have good tags for your other jokes. Um, we were- <laughs> the joke about, okay, I got a degree in Megan. Unfortunately, it's not very transferable. And you could say, like, it's not that useful to be able to, like, you know, I don't know. Either it could, it could go in, like, a kind of weird sex direction, but it's not that transferable of a skill to, like, be really good at you know, some kind of weird fingering or it's like not the transferable of a skill yeah. to like be like really good at like, I don't know, making some dinner for her or something yeah, like, like sweet or like dirty. Like it's a niche uh, skill. You, you, could do so, you could do something about like, you know, also like it's, uh, yeah, I graduated from Megan, but anybody can get into Megan. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still going here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who says she's I mean, too aggressive? Next, um, uh, it's not that useful to like you know know like all, all the Real Housewives of Orange County or whatever. If you're doing like she's basic like jokes about like things you would like useful things you would picked up if you're dating someone basic. Yeah. I, when you said basic, I didn't know if you meant like basic bitch or like uh, yeah. basic like simple, which okay. I guess are kind of the I same. But kind of one's like a specific yeah. cultural reference. Okay, good. Also, when you do the butt stuff thing, like that's so like your friends writing on your Facebook is like so immature. I feel like you need to point that out. Like be like my friends are really immature. I thought okay, yeah, I do the same oh, thing. Like that's whatever. Um, okay, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, okay. Writing on your friend's Facebook is the peak of maturity. Yeah, just yeah, it um, is. No, I was just going to say, uh, your jokes are good. You should just have more confidence. Like, you're... Get your shit together, like, handsome fuck. <laughs> no, no, like, your material is, like, you write good jokes, but you're, you... It seems like you're struggling to, like, make eye contact with people. Sure, sure, I, yeah. And that, yeah. yeah, that yeah. stuff yeah. That still sucks, but, um... Yeah, yeah, because you just seem very, like, closed off, and I think your jokes might land better if you have... Uh, yeah, I agree, man. I'm trying to work on it. No, I, I know. I'm just... Yeah. But, but keep it up. Like, your jokes yeah. are getting better and Thanks. better, man, all the time. <laughs> Jesse Warren! Yay! Yay! Your next comedian was just giving comments, and it's his turn now. Teaching people how to be self-confident one at a time. It's Ian Levy! guys how's it going <laughs> um are you guys familiar with uh, hamilton the play hamilton um i've kind of wanted to cash in on that right and write my own kind of historical musical called uh tubman um i think it'll be good but investors won't sign on unless i just have uh the character andrew jackson hang out in the background just kind of <laughs> because the bills yeah they said you know a female lead couldn't be the top of the theater bill 
<laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Okay. We we can move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I wanted to uh, celebrate today. You know, today was um, today was kind of a big thing. You know, we know all we all. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, here's the thing though. Today I, I really felt like you know honoring what today was for. So I I got myself a big canvas. You know, painted a nice picture. You know, to celebrate mural day. And I just really. <laughs> 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 yep, yep, yeah, That's where the jokes are going. Um, no, okay, okay, we'll we'll try we'll try, we'll try some real jokes. We'll try some real jokes. I um I was walking on the street the other day and um, I made eye contact with a woman, uh, and then she smiled at me, and I thought like nah, like I can't deal with this shit today. Like it's, I don't. Um, you know, I'm just trying to go about my day. I just want to be left alone. Uh, and I tried to like walk back, but she started to like walk towards me and kind of cut me off on the sidewalk. And I was like, please just like, no, like, I don't, you know, cause all these women, they're out there. They just want my money. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's why they're, why they're in the game. And I like, I was like, I had enough of it. I, I don't want the attention. I just want to be left alone. And then she like got right up to me and just said like, uh, do you have five minutes to help end world hunger? And I was like, leave me alone. No, <laughs> I can't afford that. <laughs> I'm so broke. Do you guys think media uh, desensitizes us emotionally? Like, not not violence-wise, you know, like, like there's a lot of arguments about that, but I think media might desensitize us emotionally because did you, did you guys hear about the, the news story, right, about the uh, Egyptian uh, airplane that crashed, right? So 66 people died in that plane crash, and that's like a genuine tragedy. That's if you think, like, maybe uh, on average there was 10 people on Earth that cared about every one person on that plane. That means 660 people, like, lost someone in their lives. That's, like, really sad. And I heard that and just didn't give a shit. Like, I, I could have cared less, you know? I heard that story in the morning, then, like, took a shower and was singing, like, raindrops keep falling on my head. Like, it was great. Like, I went off to have a great day, and then I came home at night, turned on Game of Thrones, and, you know, a uh, mentally ill person get, gets murdered, and I cried. <laughs> I screwed up the punchline of that one, actually, because I, I usually will say, um, you know, I cried when a retarded person was killed, a retarded fictional character was killed, but I'm trying to be more PC about it, and it's just not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not working. It's... <laughs> Uh, man, uh, I, I could try it. I could try it again. Maybe, maybe try it a, a different, a different way. Let, let's see if the, the punchline lands better. If you guys like the more PC, like, like that's that's how I should do it. So, um, so did you hear about the Egyptian plane that crashed, right? So, um, like a lot of people died, real tragedy. I didn't give a shit. Uh, but then I turned on Game of Thrones, and a character who, to be honest, is a little faggy, died, and then, and then I, I didn't care at all. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay, that's it. That's all I got, guys. Thanks a lot. Ian Levy, yay! Let me start by saying you are the funniest Jewish werewolf I've ever met. Yeah. All right. uh, I really like that set because I, uh, I like your approach to stuff because it's very kind of like all over the place, but in a way that the more, longer I watched you, the more calculated I realized it was, that that was kind of a fun surprise. Like, yeah. starting from the beginning where I'm just like, like, uh, okay, where's this going? And like, the, the, the unbreaking eye contact was a nice buzz. I'm like, like, is he flirting with me with a bad dad pun? Because he has succeeded. 
But uh, like, uh, and then going into that last piece, I think that that there's definitely a lot of meat on the idea of the the sensitivity thing, and I think like that going from plane crash that brain drastic on my head and then coming back and crying at game of thrones is great and i feel like you could definitely like that's that's a 10 minute chunk like if you keep playing with it because there's so much to that it's so indicative of the kind of like modern psychology of sort of how we look at stuff and the way we overvalue culture and things like that that uh, i think there's a lot of really sophisticated ideas there uh, please don't ever make that mural day joke again or i will fight you in a parking lot <laughs> you're better than that <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's but uh, but yeah, but but genuinely, I really like the style of approach you have with your delivery on stuff. It's 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 very confident, but it's also very like hidden, and it's cool because then when things come out, it almost like doubles the impact, and I think that's really interesting. Do you hear that, guys? I'm cool. So I just want that's that's the only takeaway, the only thing I heard. So all right, calm down. Uh, <laughs> first of all, my favorite part of that set was that you had just given a note on be confident, man, and then I watched you giggle your way through two shitty tweets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, the uh, yeah the, the the Hamilton Tubman thing uh, yeah. the, and the mural day are both uh, dog shit. Uh, but the rest of it, that's fair. The rest, of, but the rest of it was very good. Like yeah. I agree with him 100. percent That whole Hamilton thing, there's no, there's, there's, there's they can't so revive it. It's just dated. The whole uh, the whole thing about the tragedy and the airplanes though is a fucking outstanding uh, premise for it. Is that thing about the PC thing and then doubling back? Is that's actually part of the bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because you actually are good enough at that sort of misdirect that I fell for it, which yeah. I was surprised and very uh, impressed by. So well done. I did actually genuinely, it might have helped that I did genuinely screw it up because normally I say um, uh, one fictional retard died first and then and then I say, oh, let me try it again and then I do it as So you, so you do it as trying to make it more PC. Yeah, and then I go you know, back like, to... Okay, I kind of like it better this way. Oh, okay. I, I think this way is funnier because it felt more genuine, the screw up and then when you went back and hit the faggy thing, I like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, doubling on that, I think that it, watching you kind of like swallow the the mentally handicapped thing, and then the misdirect that you think that you were gonna say retarded on it, and when you go faggy, like it's an even funnier turn because it really digs in. So I might even say like maybe play. That's the screw up that kind of makes the joke funnier. So yeah, that okay. you might have found something fun there. Yeah. That's All right. Cool. Good job. Man. Uh, thanks. Do you have comment? I've got just one short piece of uh, feedback. I really like the shower dance that you did while yeah, singing yeah. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Um, that was, I think, my second favorite part after your final punchline. And I think in general, because you're generally, like, I think, pretty physically reserved on stage, if you throw in little physical bits like that, it adds a cool contrast. So you could probably do uh -huh. more of that. I'll just start river dancing through my next set. That would be ideal. Ian, um, I, uh, yeah, the Alexander Hamilton joke was uh, too smart, I think. It's kind of why it failed. Other than hey, that, Jenny, it was perfect. Jenny, can I just say <laughs> Jenny, I'm really smart. I know. I have a bachelor's degree, I know, okay? Yeah. I'm, like, so smart. Yeah. You need, what you, what you need, my feedback on that is to get a smarter audience. <laughs> That's kind of what you Never do that joke again. Or, Um, I thought the one about the woman, uh, man, that woman just smiled at me. I thought you should just go more into like she is specifically hitting on you, and you were like really annoyed by it. Like she, which like I think like it should it should be clear that you think that she's like coming up to like not after you for your money, but it doesn't ha it doesn't really matter. She's just like really trying to talk to you and being very friendly, right. and then you misguide it to like she wants you to end world hunger. Also, you um yeah, I love the Egyptian uh, murder thing. That's so true that people like don't care. They see it in the news and then cry on TV shows. Um. Uh, you like Sam? You have your hand on the on the wall sometimes. I don't know if that's like a. a I saw tendon. it's a thing I saw Louis do, so I just copied. <laughs> okay. It makes it, all right. Well, 
Trios together for Ian Levy. Yay! Uh, you guys are listening to pop music from the 40s in the fills right now. Uh, your next comedian was just giving some good comments. He's a funny man as well. Put your hands together for Michael Janksy. Hey, everyone. Nice to be back. Uh, my name is Michael. I live in San Francisco with my roommate and our two-year-old pet, Roomba. Um, it's not as good as cleaning, though. He's a bit old. He gets stuck under the couch, and then we don't see him for weeks. It's unfortunate. I've been thinking a lot about relationships lately, um, and I've come to a few conclusions. One is that I don't believe in casual sex. Um, so going forward, I'm always going to wear a three-piece suit. <laughs> Um, I also have a, a new relationship, which is why I've been thinking a lot about relationships lately. And it's going pretty well. Um, she and I are like really affectionate, and we're already doing really coupley things, like sending photos and bringing gifts and stuff like that. Um, and it's this relationship is new, I found, in more ways than one. Uh, for one thing, we're starting to explore physical things way earlier in the relationship than I'm used to. Last weekend, she asked me, do you have any fantasies? And I was a little shy to share this because, you know, this relationship is new. And I said, well, I do have this one fantasy. And uh, I, I imagined that we would cuddle in bed with our stuffed animals and, and, uh, and watch the Muppets movie. And she, she giggled and smiled and said, you know, that's, that's really cute. But I meant, you know, like a sexual fantasy. And I said, well, it, it is sexual. At the end of the movie, I take a dump in your mouth. <laughs> But that's, that's only one component of the, the newness of this relationship. Um, the other thing is that we are polyamorous. And that's totally new for me. I've never done polyamory for me, polyamory before. Um, I never thought I could do it. I thought I'd get way too jealous. But here I am. I'm trying it. So for, that means, for us, that means that not only do we see other people but we get to know our partners, other partners. Like they're not just like secret people off in the distance. We're actually like expected to hang out. So a few weeks ago, she arranged for me and her other partner to meet for the first time. And, uh, and to protect the identities of the people in the story, let's call the other boyfriend Thor. And at first I was nervous to meet Thor because um, for one thing, my partner's a professional dancer and he's a dancer and I'm not a dancer. Uh, so that was one bit of insecurity I have to get over. And for another thing, his name is Thor, and that is intimidating. <laughs> uh, but I figured, you know, if I'm going to commit to this, I've got to try to like this guy. So I decided I'm just going to, you know, do my best, meet this guy, see how it goes. And that's when Polly really started to get weird. Because uh, I show up to this event where the three of us are supposed to meet, and I show up, and he show he shows up before our you know mutual girlfriend shows up, and I recognize him from across the bar from his Facebook photos, and I go up to him and I'm like, hey, you're are you Thor? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm Michael, and he he gives me a huge hug, and he's like, dude, it is so good to meet you. <laughs> Um, and I'm thinking, all right, so far, so good. He's not possessive. I'm not possessive. Like, this might not be as crazy as I thought. So we're, you know, having some drinks. We're starting to get to know each other, laughing. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is cool. This guy seems nice. 
And we, one of us has the idea, we're going to text her a photo of us hanging out and drinking and laughing. You guys know that photo by Edward Monk, The Scream, where it looks like someone's having a bad trip while you're having a bad trip? So we texted her the photo, and she texted back that painting. And then minutes later, she walks in and sees us at the bar, turns ghost white, and rushes right back out the door. Thor and I are no longer allowed to hang out. She is now afraid that he and I are going to elope together. So that's not the angle I uh, expected to happen. I thought I was going to be jealous. Turns out she's jealous of her bo both of her boyfriends together. That's all I got. Thank you. Michael Jenksy. That was, a, that was a sweet. That was a sweet turnaround to that story. Uh, first of all, how dare you make a story about somebody named Thor fucking and not put a hammer reference in there? Uh, <laughs> I am disappointed in you not doing my hack shit that I enjoy. Uh, that was good, man. That was good. I uh, first of all, there's a lot more Roomba culture in San Francisco that I was aware of. That's like the fifth Roomba reference. Uh, I like that. I like. I like. Uh, I like the story. I, like, I think it's a very unique perspective that you have because not a lot of people are. Polly and talking about it on stage. Uh, I think, like we talked about with a couple other people, word economy is your biggest thing. I feel like you get lost in the details of the story, sometimes at the detriment of the funny, and I feel like the funny stuff will pop harder if you maybe pull out some details that aren't actually getting the joke across. Uh, especially the joke about the uh, the fantasy and the taking a dump in her mouth. That's a, that is an amazing joke, that I wanted to light this room on fire and do like <laughs> Def Jam backflips when you did that. But it was also a long-ass road to get there, okay. where it could have been like, I'm dating a new girl. We have new fantasies. She asked mine. That was that's like you could do that in five seconds. What you did in 45. Okay. But other than that, though, very good set, man. I dig your shit. Thank you. Uh, I would agree uh, as far as word economy goes, but I would also say it was interesting. Uh, I would love to see you do those two bits without your phone because it feels very much like you know what it is. And this is coming from someone who like had to force himself to stop writing long form and for me at least it made a huge difference like and I it terrified me for the longest time and I could, we can smell our own and and like you clearly like know the beats and I think especially in that last piece like the first one's gold I think you can tighten up a little bit but god that's a fucking great joke the second one I think you could turn that into a slow burn bit where like you sort of parse out the information and I think it would as a slow burn you can do it where you can kind of have your beats to it without having to worry about the pieces and as each goes along being able to put these kind of fun pieces along the way feeding it out and letting it build so that the crescendo of you guys really getting along great is pretty good I think that the payout of her freaking out you need a little bit more there I feel like you need a couple but like that's where I feel like you could cook up the incidents and sort of play it a little more absurd in some way whether you you sort of fall in love with Thor or like you guys bond over stuff that bothers you about her and like really like I think you could play that so much maybe even like elongated over time where you guys keep hanging out and really start pushing her out yeah. or something like that because that could be a really amazing like slow burn build to this big crescendo of it all falling apart from this woman who wants to have two boyfriends and that blowing up in her face because everything worked out the opposite of the way you'd imagine it would. So and then really you take cool a shit turn. in her mouth yeah. at the end. And, and then you do, if you, you may turn that in into a callback, you become the king of San Francisco. <laughs> Um, I really like the the fake name of Thor. Is it because I mean we, that was just to be 
pick the most like you know masculine idea of a person you could think of, right? Was- well, it's kind of a joke with myself. His real name is Tor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you might, because I was just gonna say you could go more ridiculous than Thor if you just think of like if you're giving him a fake name anyways, you could just name him like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> and then like the whole story you just keep referring back to him in full as Dwayne the jo- Rock Johnson. That. Yeah, because then it just makes it even more silly, and then you are picturing. Doing the right, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but. I like that. Anyways, you can break that for us more descriptive of just it being the rock. <laughs> like, I looked at his beautiful Samoan face. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I thought you could have done a good tag with them when you said I recognized him from his Facebook photos. You could have said and said, like, I recognized him, you know, from like her phone, like, I'm the screensaver, but like, he's the lock screen or something. <laughs> funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. All right, put your hands together, Michael Jenksy. <laughs> Yay! We have two more comedians left here on the Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio so that we can get to Game 7 of the Warriors. Uh, They're down right now, which is sad, but uh, your next comedian is going to bring us up, up, up. Put your hands together for Michelle Renee! All right. Hey, guys. You know who's next. Um, So... I just got a car recently, the first time in my life. I'm 30, and I just bought the first car ever. Um, It's a Saturn, which, uh, yeah, I have a Saturn. I don't think anyone's ever said that since, like, 95. Um, Does anybody here have a car? Like, you drive regularly a car? You too? No? Okay. Well, I have a car, and so, like, I've just realized that, like, I've been picking my nose a lot lately. You know, like I used to judge people in the when I was in the passenger seat, but now I really think there is a correlation between like a red light and like booger secretion. <laughs> like I was, yeah. Um, but uh, and another thing I've been noticing is that as I'm driving around San Francisco a lot, um, it's really fucking hard to find parking, like all the time. And I spend so much gas just looking for parking that it's like, I'm like, fuck, I'm using like way more gas than it took to fucking burn down my ex-boyfriend's house, you know? Like, fuck that guy. Just kidding, I used ethanol. Because I care about the environment, guys. Um, Yeah, and uh, another thing I noticed is when I'm looking for parking is that it's a lot like my Tinder dating. Is that like, I always think like, oh, this is gonna be the parking spot, like this is perfect and this is gonna be the guy, and then like it always turns out to be like just a little bit smaller than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> like, you know, talking about his height, you know. Um, so I have to like, I have to like conform to my dating situation, which sucks right now, and I have to like go home basically every night and just like rape myself. Um, and you probably do it too. Because it's when, like, you are, like, basically forced to think about your ex while you're masturbating, you know? And it's like, I don't want to think about that guy. Like, this is not consensual. Like, I thought I burned you down in that house. Like, why are you still here, you know? But it's like, I don't know, it's a girl thing. Like, I need to think of somebody that I've been with or something. I don't know. But anyways, I got a new job also more positive thing. I'm a hostess in a restaurant in uh, Jack London Square. And um, like we get really busy. Today was really busy, but like yesterday was really slow. And when it's really slow, I have to just like stand there at this hostess stand, you know, just like this for like a really long time. 
So um, my kegels are super toned <laughs> as a result, like the jaws of a pit bull, you know? Like if I like you enough, I'll just have to get like all Titanic on you. I'll never let go. I'll never let go, you know? Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I get really bored at work. And another thing I do besides my kegels is like um, I Snapchat a lot. I get on my, my housemate Snapchats me pretty regularly. So like I will check it and she babysits a little girl, a little two-year-old baby girl. And she Snapchats me just like this little girl doing really fucked up shit all the time. Like she will Snapchat me her like playing with the box of matches that she found. And I'm like, dude, Sarah, like be careful, you know, be attentive. Um, or she'll Snapchat me the little girl playing with like rat poison that was like in the back of the drawer, like the most difficult place. And I'm like, oh my God, Sarah, like focus. You're, you know, this is an important job. This is someone else's kid. Um, and then like yesterday she Snapchatted me this little girl playing with a box with like a, with pills. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> um, it turns out it was Sarah's birth control pills. And I was like, fuck, Sarah, finally you're doing something right. Like, this bitch is way too young to be getting knocked up right now. You know? Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Michelle Comments. Uh, I like that. What, what was your name again? Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, first of all, I'm sorry that dating is working out so bad for you. I'm in town for two more days. Uh, <laughs> if you would like some C-minus penis on an air mattress next to where Kyle sleeps, uh, <laughs> holler at your boy. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have never heard anything less into anything ever. Relax, we're fine. Uh, uh, do you record your sets? Uh, I, you should start recording your sets because I think you have really good jokes. I think your writing is actually really interesting. I think you slip into a little bit of a monotone kind of. I think, and I think there are certain jokes that could pop a lot harder if you maybe sort of put a little more into the delivery of them. Um, overall, I like them. I like the uh, I like the one about the burning your boyfriend's house down a lot. Um, and I like the the jaws of a pit bull made me laugh really really hard because that is fucking horrifying. Uh, Cal. Uh, I was going to recommend the same thing. That I think that with a little bit of like a more dynamic to some of the pieces, they would have popped a little bit more. Uh, and because the writing is for sure there, like the the there's so many good punchlines there that I think that at times it was hard to tell when the punchline was on a psychological level because you're like, is it there? Like is it there? Because you kind of would keep it all one volume. And I think that playing with that a little bit and a little more inflection would be good. I also think that the Snapchat thing is really funny. I feel like towards the end, I don't know if you got what parts of it are funny because I think that the, the pictures of the kid playing with the dangerous stuff is funny and the like mom taking pictures of it, but I feel like there's a different setup to that that's a little more like showing how irresponsible the mom is because at first I was like, wait, is the mom posing with the stuff or is she fixated on... Because I think it's funnier if she's not paying attention to the fact that her daughter is about to die all the time because she's so busy being infatuated with apping her child. And I think like that could be a fun way to go with it. Yeah, where you're... Yeah. When I, th well, I, think the, I think the pills thing, I don't think you need it. Like I feel like it's a turn that you don't need... 
but I think that what you found when you were getting through to the punchline is that there's a much better set of punchlines there than that. I think that there's so much more in a mom taking pictures of her daughter irresponsibly than the birth control thing. I think that one is so much fun. The other one is, is a pretty basic, like, you know, punchline. And I think that the premise you have set up is so much better than that, that I think like it would be disappointing to see you just do that because there's so much more there that you could play with. So, so I think that I definitely think record your set and listen to it because I think you can find some great beats that'll really help your punchlines pop a little harder because the punchlines are there. They're very good. And I think that third one, I think just take a look at it. I, I get fixated the same way where like, I think that a joke has to end at a certain spot and then I'll have somebody say, well, why don't you play with this angle of it? And it'll change everything. So I think like maybe take a couple of mics and like try to play with different ideas of that and see if something doesn't shake loose that ends up surprising you. I thought that was really great, Shelly. Um, I thought the one about the tin the the car spot like Tinder, I thought there was a lot more you could do with that. Like the tag about it being like not quite big enough is good, but also like you like you think it's there and then it's gone and then it's like not completely available and like other cars go in, you know, and just kind of like sort of or like it's you know, it's just like open to dating, like you know, letting any car in and I kind of have like higher standards than that, that kind of thing. I don't know. I thought there was a lot of room there. I thought it's a very funny idea, like the Tinder to parking lot. Michelle Renee. All right, we have one last comedian for you here tonight on the Shortened Joke Workshop. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for James Boswick. Hello. Says <laughs> on. Um, a while ago, when I was younger, a person said to me. Uh, you know, one day you're going to pump my gas for me. And now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind living in Oregon or, <laughs> or at least New Jersey, something like that. Um, um, I really want to have a campaign to bring LOL back on the Internet. Actually, it's not really... Uh, in that much more what has replaced it is the the B L A H L H the blaha blaha ha which is terrible to me it just makes me think of this uh, Caligula you know um, character this um, um, uh, job of the hut just laughing at me and uh, terrorizing me just uh, for making simple jokes please bring it back um, so I was uh, actually had a um, had an argument with my uh, ex girlfriend the other day in my head, and uh, this time I think it was pretty good because uh, I refrained from calling her a bitch, and I was thinking, does this make me a civil rights warrior? Um, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, let me see here. The look. Uh, I think that uh, for me, breaking up is is very hard to do. I can't I can't really see them as like an ex girlfriend. I see them more as kind of a really shitty girlfriend. So um, so it's uh, complaining with the the guys, you know, like she didn't remember my birthday two years in a row. You know? Uh, you know, when like uh, we're going out to a dinner, you know, she's uh, she sits down, she, she makes a big scene, you know, like why are you following me? You know, put down the gun and all that, and um, it's very embarrassing. Um, let's do this again. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a travesty, travesty. Uh, when I'm 
uh, fully launching into uh, a non-story about why my um, life is not 100% uh, perfect to one of my friends. I'm in mid-step stepping over a homeless person on San Francisco streets. You know, why can't I just complain about my spotty internet in my apartment just for once without feeling like a piece of shit? <laughs> you can't do that. Um, you know, I don't know where this rumor was that I hate pigeons. I love pigeons. Pigeons are amazing creatures. Uh, I actually donate uh, monthly to the Clubfoot Pigeon Foundation. Uh, I think I'm making a difference because uh, the other day I saw uh, a pigeon with uh, two healthy functional legs. And that's like a San Francisco four-leaf clover. That's amazing over there. Um, I think that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out on that. That's good. I'm good. Every time you sing, you James Boswick. Humanitarian loves pigeons and bitches. Uh, first of all, I really like the your like style on stage. I kind of like the swallowing the punchline vocal fry kind of thing. I also, uh, and I was going to ask you this because we've been on the road for five days now, uh, I get accused of being a very uh, femmy, heterosexual man on stage, and I feel like I just found out what, how it sounds like when doves cry. <laughs> because every time you said girlfriend, my brain went boyfriend. Like, and I was like, holy shit, it's like watching me when I talk about my pretty girlfriend. And they're like, are you sure? So first of all, we got to plan a tour where it's the femmy guys of comedy tour. I love, because you would do this thing where you throw your hips out, and it's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, please don't ever stop doing it. And one time you did it and cocked your phone out at the perfect time from the pocket to check it like it's an old time pocket watch. Like it's, it was amazing. Uh, it took me to come back because I was just like, holy shit, he's hypnotizing me. Uh, I really like the kind of through line through it. I think that there's a lot of good uh, jokes within there. The pigeon thing uh, I think is fun, but it's, it's such a like locals joke that I think that, that it plays, but I think it's one of those ones that it seems like almost so much work for something that will get like a room of locals to be amused by. And the rest of it played really funny. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. That's the whole point. Yeah. Just yeah. the local amusement. Yeah. And, and, and it's one of those ones where people are like, oh, yeah, we do have a lot of club-footed pudgeons. And then by the time you get like 10 miles out of here, you're like, boo! Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but other than that, I really liked, like, I think that there's, there was a lot of like, f like, like, I really liked the rhythm you had for it. Like, it, it was interesting because it was hard for me to tell what was a bit with the phone versus what's actually playing in because you kept a very fun rhythm for a thing that normally bugs me when people just work the phone the whole time. But I thought that like you had enough animation with it to put it away, which I thought was kind of a cool, whether you're doing it consciously or not, I, I appreciate it because I thought it was a cool bit. Yeah, I agree with everything Kyle just said. Uh, you sound like an NPR DJ that just went off his meds. Yeah! <laughs> oh, this, this morning on Morning Becomes Eclectic, I've been awake for three days. My skin is made of spiders and the sun is working for the government. Uh, also, sidebar, can we acknowledge that this man looks like this man from the past? <laughs> like after the show, you're gonna go out back, take him out, close your loop. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything constructive to add, but I thought those were funny. Uh, that was very good, man. I dug your shit, I like your style. I also enjoy the, uh, the cocked out hips. Yeah. Bitch, you sassy, I enjoy it. So sassy. So is that why you kept on eyeballing me? I thought you were flirting with me. I was like. Glad I walked in when I did. So actually, I'm surprised you got uh, uh, like the, the feminine side of that. I see him as like schlubby guy. Like, maybe that's like the perfect nexus between like, you know, guy barely got off his couch to watch the game and 
Like that. I guess that feminine angle. Yeah. Lazy kid. I like that it's like a body switch and somewhere Beyonce is like delivering a pizza on a skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. God. Keith Carey has got the. You're you're like the roast master. We got to have you back. Are you, what's happening on Comedy Central? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a TV, so it doesn't matter anyway. No, no, no. Keith is on the Rose Battle show at the thing that is being turned into a TV show. Oh, well, that's amazing. Yes. Well, everybody, everybody friend Keith Carey right now on the Facebooks immediately. Uh, we're going to... We're going to thank them right now. Everybody clap wildly for Keith Carey and Kyle Clark, our special comedians that came out of L.A. Uh, They don't care about basketball anymore because their team uh, sucks. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a great player. But uh, we're going to say thank you so much for being here. And next week, uh, Joke Workshop will be a normal time again, everybody. Uh, But who knows? Go, Go Warriors. If the Warriors lose, then I'll, you know, I'll dismantle this costume and be crying in the streets. Um, but that's okay. Everything will be fine. Uh, everybody clap more. Joke workshop. Yay. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Yeah.
Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue 
Disco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! You got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, no one got hit by a bus, but <laughs> Tess would still it's like watch pretty it. good. And I could throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> get that, get those bus fans. Yeah, my uh, my bus shot already happened. <laughs> if you're the bus ever, shot. if you're ever in, uh, if you're ever in wicked grounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go in the the bathroom. Okay. In the light box. Okay. The mirror in the bathroom. Yeah. Or the light box in the ba- bathroom. That's the X-ray of my arm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to go check that out. Check it out. That's early on. I'm definitely going to have to go see that. Yeah. That's so cool. Wicked Grounds is a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You guys should check that out. Wait, I do want to ask you, what's your favorite coffee, (laughs) San Francisco coffee? I like stuff. I like beans from uh, Rwanda. Okay. Nice. And I'm... Uh, Rwanda's good. I don't like Ethiopian. It's too blueberry-ish. I'm enthralled with the, uh, with the process. Yeah. You know the warm cup. The Hell yeah. W- the white filters and the timed. Yep. And the perfect temperature and the yeah. Coffee's fun. Hey man, you guys, you guys are the experts. Um, I, I'm, we're gonna actually have to cut it off because we're we're at 12 p.m. 12:01. But thank you guys so much for listening, Morgan. Thank you thank for doing you. the bonus shenanigans. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and and hit stop, and then uh, Tess is gonna play some other shenanigans, and then uh, you know that's great because then we won't have dead air. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Ta-da. Dude, Morgan, thank you for staying
satisfaction when we're done. Satisfaction of what's to come. everybody thank you so much for tuning in my name is andrea this is sass and brass it's been a week a quick hiatus due to work things and life things but it is so lovely to be back i hope the groove is actually in your heart as it is in mine if not that's a problem you need to think about it look into the mirror and reflect today's episode about reflection perspective looking back whether it be, you know, advertising choices or what you did with your heart, that's what today's episode is all about. Let's keep moving forward. Um, you are listening to D Light. Who was that? Who was that? Someone speaking quiet as a mom. 
know the name of that song who it was from which album what time period fleetwood mac people um so silly i actually started to just connect with this band um but yeah uh, absolutely beautiful and this song is all about introspection looking back having a point of reference in your life um Recently, it was brought to my attention that someone who I used to think was absolutely intimidating on many different levels, um, and then I actually had the pleasure of meeting in person, uh, passed away. Um, This person was walking around town, downtown San Francisco, with their mother, where they were struck and unfortunately killed by a motor vehicle. Um, 
they're no longer with us and it's really a shame um to to um know about this person and meet them only briefly in passing but actually having a fantastic time with them when i met them and knowing that they're no longer going to be with us um and i'm actually looking back back at that point of reference um all the stress and anxiety i put into this one person that you know never should have existed and just flowing i could have just flowed with the situation and enjoyed their company but i was intimidated by them i was jealous of how successful and amazing they were um and then upon meeting them you just kind of realize that they're like a wholesome good-hearted person that you know should be successful and should get the world um and now that they're unfortunately no longer with us i'm almost filled with a little bit of regret for um putting anxiety into a situation where it could have been an opportunity um so that song's really resonating with me on a deeper level um with that being said um (laughs) today's theme is about reference introspection and looking back my name's andrea i'm your host Um, this is sass and brass we're gonna get to the brass part eventually we'll get there we'll get there maybe some sass sprinkled in between but until then hang in When you were here before, you couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather in a beautiful world. I wish I
Thank you. 